This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com. Major funding for this Tanya class is provided by the Mettel Corporation. Additional funding is provided by Tanya students like you. Lessons in Tanya. The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi. Taught by Rabbi Ben Zion Krasniansky. Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg. Letter 19. Last week we learned that the prophecy of Moshe, which is the Torah, Moshe is the one who gave us the Torah. God spoke to Moshe and gave us the Torah and gave us the written law. He says, all of this is the external level, but the internal level of Wisdom is beyond comprehension. And you see that in the Torah. The Torah, although we study the Torah and we understand it, and there's so many commentaries on the Torah, and yet the most brilliant mind, the most brilliant Jew studies the Torah, at the end of the day feels that he knows nothing. The Torah is such a mystery, there's so much hidden depth and hidden meaning that we can, can't even plumb the depth. You know, you're dealing here with something that's really beyond comprehension and beyond understanding. The reasons that are given and the reasons that we understand and the part of the Torah we could comprehend and we do comprehend, they're called time metoida. They're just reasons, a taste, a little tiny taste. That's all it is. But the Torah itself as we find mysteriously the ways the way the Torah is written and the way the way it's read, simultaneously hinting at it, there's much deeper meaning. There are letters that are large. There's much more going on that meets the eye. There are much deeper meanings and connections than we can possibly understand. And for the fact that the Torah, the written Torah and the prophets, every word, every letter, every story in the Torah, every story in the prophets and the writings contain messages that are relevant to each and every one of us. Which stories were recorded in the Torah? Torah is not a storybook. Only those prophecies and those writings and those episodes and those stories that contain something divine, that contain something eternal. And therefore, it's as if God is speaking to us today, the Torah is speaking to us today, and there's a divine message for us today, in our situation today, and the direct message, an I am, an instant message from Hashem. So obviously this is Chachma, this is a level of Chachma, this is a level that's beyond comprehension. There's so much infinite depth contained in every letter and every word and every story and incident in the Torah. It's not just a story, it's not just an event, of course. First and foremost, all these events uh, happen and are literal, but they contain the divine wisdom, they contain the infinite, they contain something that's so beyond our comprehension. But the level of Torah that was given to us, that was transmitted to us, that we could comprehend and we could learn and we could study, is the external level. The external level, the external level of Chach. 
that can come down into the level of Bina and understanding, that we could comprehend. And even that, the external level of Bina, which comes down into the emotions. Right and wrong, kosher and not kosher, guilty and not guilty, obligated and not obligated, pure and impure, holy and not holy. And this, and then it comes down into the level that could be communicated. It's brought down the level that could be projected and communicated outwardly, like the legs that lead the person forward. So the revealed Torah, the part of the Torah that was revealed to us, is only that part, the external part. Prophecy is a revelation. But revelation, only the external part could be revealed. The teacher, the master teacher, the master teacher can't reveal to his student his own mindset, the way he's thinking to himself. It's just, it will just overwhelm the student, it will blind the student. It's just too overwhelming. The teacher could reveal only the most external level of the teacher could he reveal to the student. So any revelation by definition, when you're dealing with Hashem who's infinite, revelation is the most external superficial. What by us is a stunning revelation is the beginning and the source and revelation to Hashem. This is the most external and superficial. It's the end, the lowest level. So what by us, Navua prophecy is the greatest, most stunning revelation. Earth-shattering revelation. Tashem, this is just the most external, most superficial, most external. Because Hashem's inner essence, His infinite self, cannot be revealed. So, yes, there are levels, there are different levels, of revelation, divine inspiration, the ultimate level, the ultimate revelation being that of prophecy. And the era of prophecy came to an end because it's such a high level that we lost contact, we lost that connection, that divine connection. That divine revelation is lost. We don't have that divine revelation. We don't have that divine connection. Reveal divine connection. But the highest level, the highest level of prophecy, the prophecy of Moshe, Moshe reached the level of him, the external level of the world of emanation. You know, to use an analogy, we see the world, right? So we see the external world, we see the end result, the end product, the external world. And that's what we deal with. But then you have the scientists who discovered the chemical level of reality. Suddenly you're getting into the makeup, the chemical makeup of everything that exists. It's a whole universe. That's not open to the naked eye. That's something that you have to discover. That's, it's a whole new language. It's a whole new reality. It's a whole new world. It's a whole new universe. But that's what's really going on. When you really want to understand this world, you have to understand the chemical makeup of everything that exists. And then you go deeper. Biological level. DNA. Cells. That's a whole universe that opened up. Suddenly there's something that's even beyond chemicals and beyond DNA, biology, life, chain of life. 
It's a whole new universe with its own language, with its own structures, its own reality. You don't understand life until you understand. You don't understand cells. You have to go a little deeper. The biology. Underneath it, it's behind it. It's the underlying. And it doesn't end there. Then it goes even deeper. And this is like the godly level. This is like prophecy. You get to the atomic level. A whole new universe opens up with its own language, its own structure. What a startling revelation when scientists discovered the atoms, nuclear, physics, underlying beyond the chemicals and beyond biology. There's the atoms, the atomic level, pure energy, molecules, atoms. So this is something that's like a stunning revelation. This is something that's beyond... You can study chemistry for a thousand years, a million years, and you would never discover the world of biology. You can discover, you can study biology for a million years and you would never have no clue of the world of the atom. So it's like going deeper and deeper into the universe. What is the universe? What is reality? What are the structures of the universe? So you have the external. You have different rules and different laws. You have scientific law. You have the laws of you have chemical laws, and then you have the biology, and you have atomic law, and you have metaphysical law. So when you go deep into the structure of the universe, into the reality of the universe. then you discover something unexpected. You know, prophecy, it's not only the prophet is able to see without eyes, and is able to hear what the ears can't hear and see what the eyes can't see, but it would, even if you study for a thousand years, you would never see what the prophet sees. You would never come to those conclusions. You would never realize what the prophet realizes, what the prophet sees. Because once you get to the metaphysical level, to the godly level, to the, the real structure of the universe, what's really behind everything, it's a whole different reality. It has a language of its own, has rules of its own, laws of its own. And that's what governs everything. What's beneath the physical, and what's beneath the chemical, and what's beneath the biology, it's the atoms. So if you know and understand the universe in the atomic level... You understand everything. But if you only see the universe on the surface, you know nothing. You understand very little. So it's like going deeper and deeper, penetrating deeper and deeper into reality. And you know, if you understand reality, if you understood the the metaphysics and understood the real structure of this universe, you would come to, to the realization, you would come to Torah and Mitzvah. That's why it says the patriarchs, being they were prophets, they knew the Torah before it was given. Because they knew the metaphysical structure of the universe. So they knew this is reality. So theoretically, if you were to go deeper and deeper into the essence and core of the universe, 
the metaphysical rules and laws of the universe, Kabbalistic and metaphysical rules and structures of the universe, you would come to the 613 mitzvah. Every limb in the body and every organ in the body and every vein in the body, every part of you is represented and is expressed by the Torah mitzvah. So the ultimate prophecy, the prophecy of Moshe, prophecy of the Torah, the godly revelation of the Torah, God spoke to Moshe saying, God is revealing, speech is revealing, God is revealing himself, and he's speaking to Moshe, and Moshe is writing it down, he's, it's all revealed, and he's telling us to do the Torah, and to live by the Torah, and to live a Jewish life, think like a Jew, speak like a Jew, and act like a Jew. This revelation, this startling revelation, stunning revelation, unexpected revelation, this it's really a revelation, a glimpse of the godly, of the divine. It's revealing the godly and the divine in this world. By living a life of Torah and Mitzvah, we're revealing the godly and the divine, the true metaphysical structure of the entire universe. We're aligning ourselves. We're tuning in and we're aligning ourselves and living out and expressing the ultimate truth. The truth of everything in this universe. What's underlying everything, behind everything, that makes everything tick. That makes everything work. That makes everything click. And if you take out Torah and mitzvot, it says if the Jewish people would not receive a Torah and mitzvot, God would have returned the world to chaos. Not a punishment. Because without Torah, this world is chaos. This world, the Torah is, is the inner clock. This is what keeps everything together. This is behind everything. Behind the physical and behind the chemical and behind the biology, biology and behind the, the atomic. This is, this is the real godly structure of the entire universe. And that's not something you can acquire with wisdom. It's beyond wisdom. You can contemplate and meditate for a thousand years. You would never come to this realization. It's a revelation from Hashem. A revelation to Moshe. It's a, to us, it's a revelation. But to Hashem, it's the external. So the part of the Torah that's revealed to us, that is the external part. However, Torah, Hashem gave Himself in the Torah. Hashem also studies Torah. Torah is Hashem's Torah. So the way, there is the way the Torah is revealed to us, the part of the Torah that is revealed to us today. But then there's the real Torah, the inner Torah, the way Hashem Himself studies Torah, is occupied in Torah, in Torah study, is engaged in Torah study. It's His plaything, it's His pleasure. This is what engages Hashem, so to speak. This is what Hashem is engaged in, this is what Hashem has invested Himself in, and this is what He's sharing with us. So that part of Torah, that's the inner part of the Torah, that's the light of the Torah, that's the Hasidus, that's the inner core, the inner essence, the divine, the godly, that will only be revealed with Mashiach's coming. As a result of our living the Torah and doing the Torah today, the external part of the Torah, we will merit to see the revelation of the inner part of the Torah. And it says in the Medrash that the Torah that we study today is like nothing, hevelhu, in the comparison to the Torah of Mashiach. Because we're only getting the external part of it. Yes, it's the external of the internal. 
the external contains, the body contains the soul, the external, every letter, every word contains all that infinite light, as we see hints of it in the large letters in the Torah, and the way it's written, and the way it's, and the way it's pronounced, and it's so different, and just studying Torah, you get a sense that you're dealing here with something mysterious. It's something, as much as we understand, we understand nothing. It's so beyond, it's godly, it's, it's beyond comprehension. It's essentially something incomprehensible. Even the part of the Torah, so supposedly we understand, the Edas, how about all the details, all the details of the Tefillin? The many, many details. Why does it have to be, has to be quarterly and has to be the same size? And, and all the details that go into the Tefillin. We have no explanation why. It's, we have tastes, a little glimmer, a glimpse. But you get a sense that there's so much depth here, there's so much unplumbed depth that we haven't even scratched the surface. And all that is contained in every mitzvah, in every letter, every story, every word in the Torah. And that's why the Torah is such a dynamic document, such a vibrant document. The Torah that was written thousands of years ago, the Tanakh, the stories in the, in the Bible, the stories of the, the writings and the prophets, and yet they're relevant to us today. Hashem is speaking to us today. There's a message, a pertinent message, a relevant message to each and every one of us. Today, every day, as we go about our lives in the year 2015, this is divine, this is godly, this is beyond comprehension. Hashem is speaking to each and every one of us personally, individually, personal message each and every one of us and every letter and every story in the Torah you're dealing here with something that's beyond comprehension but which part of this infinite light could be revealed to us and has been revealed to us today only the external level the mitzvah do's and don't do's the parts that we understand the taste that we are able to, to get a taste of and that's what Moshe revealed. That's the revelation. That's the Torah as it's written down and revealed and spoken and communicated and given to us. And that's the level of revelation. But that's the startling level of revelation that to us is the most startling thing, the highest level. Revelation of Hashem, seeing Hashem and hearing Hashem. And but for Hashem, the revealed part is like the legs. It's only the most external part. You're not getting the inner, you're not getting the heart and the mind, the inner mind, the, what's beyond the comprehension, that remains a, a mystery. And that's why it was Moshe who received the Torah. Because Moshe was the level of Chachma, even more so than the patriarchs. The patriarchs are like the emotions. Avram was love and kindness, and Isaac was, was strength, and, and, and uh, Jacob was compassion. Moshe represents Chachma. Moshe represents the divine level of Chachma, the uh, level of wisdom of the world of emanation. So because he's rooted in the level of Chachma, that's why he was able to transmit the Torah, and he was the ultimate prophet, and the ultimate prophecy of transmitting the Torah. So yes, this Torah contains the light and the inner level of Chachma. But what was Moshe able to reveal? What was, Moshe, what was revealed to Moshe? The words. The letters, the stories, the explanations that we know, the reasons that we understand, which is the most external, superficial part of the Torah. To us, it's a startling revelation, innovation. But to Hashem, it's the most external and superficial level. So that's the level of prophecy. 
versus with the wisdom, we can talk about the loftiest levels. We can talk about levels that are beyond the wisdom of the world of emanation. We can talk about the world of Kesa, the world of the crown. We can talk about Adam Katma, primordial man. We can talk about the infinite, Timtum. We can talk about the infinite before the Timtum. With wisdom, abstractly, we can talk about the loftiest levels. But, to, but prophecy, to experience revelation, startling revelation, unexpected revelation that's so beyond human comprehension, to experience the metaphysical reality of the universe, to see and perceive the truth of the universe, the godly truth of the universe behind everything. This is, this is the highest level you could reach. Moshe was the greatest prophet that ever lived and will ever live, even a greater prophet than Mashiach himself. To experience that, that's the Torah. That's the external levels of the world of emanation. Revealed. To reveal the Torah. Mashiach will reveal the light of the Torah. Mashiach will reveal the Torah that's the infinite part of the Torah, the part that's... Because just like Hashem Himself, to Hashem, the world doesn't exist. It's as if the world doesn't exist. The world is so insignificant in relationship to Hashem, it's as if the world doesn't exist. The level of Torah that's revealed to us, it's the light, the way the light encloses itself, internalizes, and we're able to internalize it. It's a light that fits itself into our being. It's the Torah, the way the Torah teaches us how to live, and the way the Torah teaches us, affects us, and shows us how to approach life, and how to approach business, and how to approach reality. So it's the Torah, the way it's enclothing itself, the way it's embodied, it's embodied in this world. So it's a light that's tailor-made, that's customized to the world. Hashem Himself cannot be tailor-made and customized to the world. To Hashem, the world doesn't exist. Hashem is so beyond this world, so transcendent. So the Torah that's revealed, that's revealed to us today, is the Torah the way it relates to the world? So even on the highest level, metaphysical level, metaphysical laws, the laws of Kabbalah, the laws of the world of emanation. Okay, so you have physical laws, and you have metaphysical laws. You have angelic laws, you have spiritual laws, and you have metaphysical laws. You have chemical laws, and then you have atomic laws. So it's, it's different, vari- different levels. But it's all within the framework, it's all in the framework of this world of reality. But you go a little deeper into a deeper into the ultimate, the ultimate laws, which are the metaphysical laws, prophetic laws, prophetic reality, seeing this world from a godly point of view. And of course, then you can see, you can speak with certainty. And you see the future just like it's in front of your eyes, because on the metaphysical level, on the atomic level, it's a whole different dimension. Time, space, it's, it's, a thousand years from now is happening today. It's, it's a whole different... But that's the reality that plays itself out in our physical world. So the prophet can see clearly and tell you 100%, not 99.9%, 100% tell you exactly what's going to happen. 
and be 1,000% correct. Because he's seen it. On the godly level, on the metaphysical level, he sees it. It happened already. It's here. It's <laughs> It'll take time till it plays out in our dimension, but it's already done. It's a done deal. It's, it's a fact. Once the prophet says it, it's a fact. It's a reality. It already happened. It's done. Take it to the bank. So everything is all, it's all within the framework of this world. Hashem can't be straightjacketed to the framework of this world. Hashem is infinite. So the way Hashem studies Torah, the way the Torah engages Hashem, the light of the Torah, it's infinite. It's not in relationship to the world. It's Hashem in relationship to Himself. That's a whole different, whole different Torah, a whole different studying of Torah, a whole different meaning to the Torah. We take the world for granted, and the Torah is here to enlighten our existence, to help us give us insights into our existence, to get a little deeper into existence. From Hashem's point of view, there is no reality besides or outside of Hashem. So the Torah speaks of Hashem in relation to Himself. There's nothing else. So it's a whole different Torah, it's a whole different understanding, it's a whole different, whole different understanding, a whole different insight. All different truth, all different reality. That's the level of Torah, the way Hashem is engaged in Torah, where Hashem is studying for Himself, where nothing else exists. That's the inner part of the Torah. That's the inner core and essence of the Torah. That's beyond comprehension. That's beyond revelation. And that level will be revealed to us in Mashiach. That part of Torah that's beyond comprehension and beyond revelation will be revealed to us when Mashiach comes as a result of our studying the Torah that is revealed to us today. By us studying Talmud and we are studying the reasons of the Torah and by us studying all the parts in Kabbalah, all the parts of the Torah that is revealed to us today, we will merit this intense revelation. Torah Hadashim Yiti Hashem Himself will reveal the way the Torah is studied properly, the way Hashem studies Torah, the relationship to Himself, the infinite self, that will be revealed to us. That's the way the Torah, that's the Torah that Mashiach is going to teach us. The same Torah that Moshe gave us, but He's going to reveal, within the garment, He's going to reveal the light. That was the beginning, and we started out this letter. King David says, Oita Er Kasalma, chapter Barki Nafshi is Hashem, in chapter 104, we say in Rishchidosh, wrap the light like a dress. The light that was that shined in the beginning of creation. And then Hashem hid that light until Mashiach will come. And where did He hide it? In the Torah. Because that is the light of the Torah. That is the way Hashem learns Torah for Himself, the infinite light. It's with that light that Adam was able to see from one end of the world to the other end of the world. Physically see from one end of the world to the other end of the world. Hashem hid in the Torah. So that light that the Baal Shem Tov was able to see, look in the Zohar, and able to see physically, to see what's happening all around the world. And it's that light that will be revealed when Mashiach will come, that light in the Torah. But how do we merit this light? It's by us studying Torah today, studying the external part of the Torah, the Torah that was revealed to us by Moshe, and the reasons that were given to us that is comprehensive, are comprehensive, a level that we could comprehend. And by us studying Torah, that's the garment that contains within it this infinite light. 
But just knowing that the Torah has this light, this lights a fire, this gives us a tremendous enthusiasm. And we get a taste of it when we study Hasidut, when we study Tanya. And we get a taste of that inner light, that inner brilliance that illuminates, illuminates us, illuminates our Torah and lights a fire with it. Now the aspect of the Blessed Divine Chachma that is vested in the 613 commandments of the Torah is referred to as the hindmost aspect of Chachma. The Alter Rebbe had previously said that a Moshe's prophetic comprehension of the sphere of Chachma consisted merely of the Acharayim, the hindmost aspect of Chachma. He then went on to say that be the source of the Torah in Chachma is the same for two transcends reasons. The Alter Rebbe is now saying that, see, even the Chachma vested in the 613 commandments is referred to as no more than the Acharayim of Chachma. So you have the source of the Torah, which is Chachma itself, which transcends reason, and the Chachma that is vested in the 613 mitzvah that was revealed to us is also the, the external aspect of Chachma. Only that part could be revealed to us. For the Acharayim of any one of the spheroid are the external and lower levels within that spheroid, which are capable of descending and extending downwards to become vested and created beings in order to animate them. Just like the teacher, which part of the teacher could be lower itself and descend and extend into the student's mind and to really engage the student's mind and to be able to be grasped and received and absorbed by the student's mind, it's only the external level that he can internalize, he can grasp. The aspect of the penny, the face or inner dimension of the sphero, is the sphere itself, as it is united with its emanator, the blessed eye itself, in an absolute unity. So like a teacher for himself, the way the teacher thinks for himself, and that's way beyond, completely transcends the student. He doesn't even have the capacity to, to, to think in those terms, to receive that level. So the revealed parts, what to us is a startling revelation, the revealed part, and is the beginning and is the source, to the, to the teacher is the most external and superficial part. So to the level of Chachma that could be revealed, that's the external part. The inner part of Chachma, that's unified with Hashem, it's infinite. It's way beyond our comprehension, it cannot be received, it can't be absorbed, and can't be customized and custom-made, to, tailor-made to anything external, to any, anything finite, it's infinite. As for example, the sphere of Chach, one of the sphere now under discussion. It is united with its emanator, the blessed and self, in absolute unity. For the Holy One, blessed be He, and His wisdom are one, as explained above. Evidently, in reference to Part 1, Chapters 2 and 52. But that which radiates and extends from His blessed Chachma to the limit and finite, nether beings below and becomes vested in them, Light that merely radiates and extends does not necessarily contract according to the limitations of the recipient of the light. It may radiate and extend in an encompassing manner, and thus not be subject to them. However, when the illumination is vested within a receptor, this implies adjustment to its limitations. Hence, a light that becomes vested within finite created beings cannot possibly be infinite, as would be the case if the actual sphera as united with its emanator, and thus as infinite as its emanator, would descend into created beings. Therefore, the life-giving force 
which is vested within creation is called Akhariya. It is the external aspect of the Sphira and not the Sphira itself. When you say his slapshus, slapshus is a term that's used a lot in Kabbalah and Hasidus, or mislabish behem, it encloses itself, it is vested in them. What he means to say is that there is a certain type of light, yes, light can have an effect without being vested. Light itself has an effect without being vested in clothing itself. Just the fact the presence of the light can have an effect. Light can heat, and light can warm, but the light is not vested into where it illuminates. It can light up a palace and it can light up a garbage dump equally. It's not like the light is vested in the palace, the light the tailor makes itself and fits into the palace. The light is. The light is light. It radiates. If it's a garbage dump, so it's a garbage dump. If it's a palace, a palace. You benefit, you don't benefit. To the light, the light is completely indifferent. It doesn't matter. The light is not affected. It's not changed. It does not, it doesn't matter. Electricity. If it matters to electricity if the electricity is, is, um, is, is causing the refrigerator to work or is causing an air conditioner to work or your laptop. What difference does it make? It's just energy. So whatever, you use it. That's here. I'm here. You want to use it. Use it. You can benefit from it. Benefit. You plug in. It's, it's not vested. It's not defined. It's not encompassed. It's not enclosed. It's not limited. It's not... There's no connection. There's no connection between the light and the, the effect of the light. That's what it means, an all-encompassing light. It radiates. I am, I'm here. Whatever effect it has, it has. That's why it can have opposite effects. Heat can solidify and heat can melt at the same time. It's not that the heat is thinking about solidifying and the, think is, and the heat is thinking and making a decision, okay, I'm going to melt this. and I'm gonna... The heat is being itself. The light is being itself. So whatever effect it has, it's not thinking about it. It's not affected by it. That's what it means not being invested. That's what it means a transcendent light, an all-encompassing light. When you say light is invested, that means it's internalized. The light thinks like a teacher is thinking about the student, and thinking about the student's mind, and thinking about reaching them, and connecting with the student, and connecting with the audience. He has to think about it. That doesn't happen automatically. It doesn't just happen. To think, you have to invest, you have to plan, you have to strategize, you have to find the right words, and you have to monitor, and you have to adjust, and you have to make sure you're hitting home, and you're connecting, and you're getting through, and that the student is absorbing, and absorbing even deeper, and really getting it, and securing it. That means invested. I'm invested. I'm investing myself. It's tiring. It's exhausting. It changes you. It affects you. It impacts you. You can't walk away unaffected. I'm invested. I'm limiting myself to the clothes that I'm wearing. I'm, I'm defined by the clothes that I'm wearing. I, I'm not free. I'm putting myself into this. So I am in these clothes. And I am defined by the clothes that I'm wearing. And I'm limited and defined by it. I'm invested in it. It's very personal. It's not just... So when you say that the light, the sphere, is invested in the light, which level could be invested? If the sphere itself, the sphere, God's wisdom, God and His wisdom are one and inseparable, and God is infinite, His wisdom is also infinite. So how could something infinite be invested? So obviously it's only the external part of the sphere could be invested. Only the most external and superficial part of the sphere could be invested. And that's why revelation is called words. Communication words are the lowest level. You don't need words for yourself. 
Words are the most external and superficial level. To be able to communicate to someone else doesn't add anything. It's completely superficial. But that's a revelation. So revelation is the most external level. So which part of the Torah has been revealed to us? The Torah that we can understand, we can comprehend, we can study, we can learn, we can digest and internalize. That light and that part of the Torah, level of Chachma that's been invested and clothed itself into the world of comprehension. That's the most external level of Chachma. But the essence of Chachma, the way it's unified with Hashem, that remains infinite. So Torah comes from Chachma. Torah comes ultimately from a level that's beyond comprehension. That's infinite. That's the essence of Chachma. It's the essence of the Torah. Even when we understand, and as much as we understand, we're not even scratching the surface. The essence of Chachma remains completely beyond us. The revelation. Those are the words. Those are the letters. That's prophecy. But what was revealed, everything was revealed. Everything is there. Moshe gave us the Torah, not only the way we read it, but the way it's written. With meanings that are completely beyond us. The large letters. Everything. He gave us everything. Everything is there. Because the external is the external of the internal. The body matches the soul. It's not two different realities. It's the way the wisdom which remains incomprehensible, has lowered itself into the level of external level, which could be enclosed and grasped. And yet it remains ungraspable. So the Torah... is greater than prophecy. Prophecy is a revelation, the most startling revelation, a metaphysical revelation, the greatest revelation, ultimately is only the external level. Torah, however, Yes, the Torah that's been revealed to us also comes from the external level of Chachma. But the Torah contains the internal level. And the external level parallels and perfectly matches the internal. Even though it is not revealed to us, and it's a mystery, and will only be revealed, fully revealed when Mashiach comes. But it's there. And we will merit to, for that revelation through our learning Torah today. So knowing and sensing the sanctity of Torah is a whole different respect and a whole different sense of the sacredness of studying Torah, the preciousness of studying Torah. It's more than just prophecy. There's a certainty of Torah, there's a clarity and a certainty of Torah that's much more profound than the certainty of prophecy, even though prophecy is also certain. That's the sign of a prophet. 
prophet has to be 1,000% accurate. Otherwise, he's a false prophet. Because when the prophet has this revelation, this godly revelation, this startling revelation, completely unexpected revelation, this metaphysical revelation, seeing reality from the deepest levels, the laws of metaphysics, the laws of the divine spherot, and seeing the reality, he sees it so clearly, it's a fact, it's a reality, it already happened. There's no doubt. But it doesn't come close to the certainty Torah ultimately comes from Chachma. That's the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. And the essential level of Chachma is really beyond comprehension. The part of Chachma that could be revealed, that's an external part of Chachma. That's the part of Chachma that could be brought into words. But the essence of Chachma, the spark, the, the lightning, the the sense of Chachmah is really beyond comprehension. But it's contained in those words. It's hidden in those words. So the reality of Torah, the certainty of Torah, is so much more powerful than any prophecy. So he says the wise man is superior to the prophet meaning wisdom superior to prophecy because the prophet is also a wise man. That's one of the conditions of being a prophet. You have to be a wise man. So whatever the Arizal knew, Moshe also knew. And whatever the Rajbin knew, Moshe also knew. But as a wise man, with wisdom, wisdom is superior to prophecy. With wisdom, you can know a lot more than prophecy. Because wisdom is the wisdom of the Torah. And the Torah contains within it so much more than the highest level of prophecy. The highest level of prophecy is the external level of the world of emanation, which is receives from the from the level of external level of emotions, which receives from the external level of bina, which from bina in the world of understanding, which receives from the external level of wisdom. Torah itself comes from wisdom. And even wisdom, it says Torah emanates from wisdom. Torah itself is rooted in the level that's beyond wisdom. In the world of Keter. And in Keter and Crown, in the internal world of Keter. And really it's rooted in the primordial man and he's even rooted even in the ignorance of the infinite that's beyond its symptom. So in Torah, everything is, everything is there. So that's what Rabbi Shimon Bar was able to talk about and Ariza was able to talk about levels that are way beyond the prophecy of Moshe. Because it's all contained in the Torah. It's all there. Even levels that are beyond revelation. But it's all there. And we can talk about it and study it and know about it and be aware of it and discuss it and understand it. We can't experience it. It's not revealed to us. It's all there. It's all contained. When Mashiach will come, we're getting a little taste of it now. Mashiach will come, everything will be revealed. And we'll be able to experience it. And be transformed by it. And we'll be able to receive the infinite. It's the paradox of Mashiach. How? By 
studying Torah today and leading a Jewish life and implementing the Torah and transforming and changing this world into a Torah world, thinking like a Jew, speaking like a Jew, acting like a Jew, 24-7. Every one of us. How can you compare? Action, animals also act. Animals can speak. So the fact that a human being can speak and communicate, this is astonishing. This is something that's it's incredible. All the musical instruments in the world can't uh, produce a single sound, a single word. And here man speaks and communicates. It's an incredible, astonishing, miraculous event that happens every day and we're completely unselfconscious of it. So the level of energy and the level of revelation of the soul, the soul's ability to speak, is astonishing. And we all have that ability to speak. And it comes like, it happens automatically, we don't have to think about it consciously. And we have that need to communicate and that ability to communicate and everything centers around communication and speech. And it's a whole universe. How can you compare the universe of action? You can live, you go through your whole life like an animal and just act. Animals have action, but they don't have speech and communication and culture and soldier. It's all words and speech. This is an astonishing reality. It's so beyond revelation of the level of the soul of, that ex- expressed through speech. Is so much greater, you can't even compare to the revelation of the soul's ability to act. So that's one level of degree of separation. And then? The latter, in turn, this is nothing compared to the life force that extends from the soul and is best to be thought in the emotive attributes and in the intellect. Because words are external. Words are like a garment. You can take it off, you can take it off, you can put it on, you can take it off. You can clothe yourself, you can unclothe yourself, you can dress, you can undress. Emotions and intellect are part of the person. You can't, you can't take it on and put it on and take it off. <laughs> two plus two is four. You can't, okay, today I understand two plus two is four. I'm taking it off for the day. So now on, today two plus two is five. It doesn't work that way. Once, once it becomes part of you, it's an inseparable part of you. Once you love, you can't switch it on and off. Oh, I love, oh, now I hate, I love, I hate. It doesn't work that way. If something is part of you, it becomes part of you. You can't, you can't just change it or switch it off. Or... And even thought, even though thought is also speech, but instead of communicating to others, you're communicating to yourself, you're speaking to yourself. But yet, thought is much more intimate. Thought is like a part of the soul. That's why you don't stop thinking. 
You can't stop thinking. You can change your thought, you can change the content of your thought, but you can't stop thinking. Because just like your soul, you can't turn off your soul, you can't turn off thought. So it's a garment, but it's an internal garment. It's a garment like the fish and water that are completely unified with a life source. The garment is completely unified with the soul. It's, an, it's like, a, it's like a, a, the turtle, the shell of the turtle. It becomes part of, part of the turtle. The clothes become part of the, part of the turtle itself. The garment, the thought, becomes part, is part of the soul, inseparable. So how could you compare the energy and the life force and the revelation of the soul that the soul invests in comprehension and emotions and in thinking in comparison to the, the revelation of the soul that the soul reveals in itself by speaking? How could you compare? No comparison. The latter three faculties are always united with the soul. Even the faculty of thought, which is merely a garment of the soul, i.e. one of its means of expression, is always united with it, and therefore, like the soul itself, always in a manifest state. Speech and action, however, are garments that are separate from the soul. Thus, insofar as speech is concerned, there is a time to speak and a time to refrain from speech, while action is even more distant from the soul than speech. In a precisely like manner with respect to the divine Kachma, to the extent that can be diffused from it to become vested in all the nether beings. Since you have made them all through Kachma, it follows that this sphera must be vested in all nether beings. However, this is merely the external level of Kachma. It is as nothing compared to the Panion, the inward or frontal aspect of Kachma, which is at one with the Blessed Emanator. For all that is before him, i.e. clothed and united with him, is esteemed as naught. The life-giving flow all created beings which are limited and finite is regarded as a descent and a contraction, so to speak, with respect to the emanator, the blessed I'm so. Just as, metaphorically speaking, it would be regarded as a descent and contraction for the intellect of an intelligent person to be contracted to some purely physical and material activity. So that's the analogy. That's the point that he's trying to bring out. That just like within a person, there are five degrees of separation between action the lowest level. You can't even compare the world of action, the whole world of action, the manufacturing action, of doing, in comparison to the world of speech. It's a much higher, loftier world. And then in comparison to the world of thought and the world of emotion and the world of comprehension of intellect, how could you compare to the intellectual, the whole world of philosophy, of intellect? What does action? Action is completely insignificant. So imagine a person using this gift of comprehension of intellect and using his entire intellect to figure out how to make a better machine, or how to tie a knot, or how to do something, or figure something out. Okay, you're using your seichel, using your mind, using your brains, how to figure something out, something practically. But intellect itself is so much greater. Intellect is not about figuring out how to tie a knot, or how to do something physically, practically. Intellect is pure intellect, pure philosophy, depth, understanding, comprehending, figuring out complex, complex uh, puzzles and realities. Using your intellect, you're like lowering your intellect. You're like this most external, superficial part of your intellect. The part of the intellect that's invested in figuring out how to do something is the most external, superficial part of your intellect. It's being invested in this. You're not utilizing, you're not maximizing, you're not utilizing your true potential, you're not utilizing your true intellectual potential. Those, those trillions of cells that you have in your brain and those hundreds of trillions of connections 
And so napses, you're not is you're using all of that to figure something, figure out something practical. That's not what the intellect is all about. It's not you're not utilizing its full potential. So too, when the Torah speaks of practical realities, Torah tells us what to do and what not to do, and how to behave and how not to behave, and the tenant. Landlord to this uh, dispute, this, he is right and he is wrong, and this one is this way, and the cow is kosher, not kosher. The Torah is speaking about, it's like taking this huge intellect, this infinite intellect, and engaging and clothing it and expressing it in something very, very practical. So, so it's like the most external and superficial part of the intellect is being invested and enclosed in this very finite and limited, limited situation. So this world is the world of action. It's the smallest, tiniest, insignificant world in the whole spectrum of reality. And Hashem invested His infinite wisdom, all of His wisdom, He invested in this tiny little speck of dust that we call the earth, and this tiny little speck that we call man. And He invested all of that wisdom and teaching us and guiding us and showing us and helping us and t- telling us. It's like the most external part. Which level could be revealed? Which level could be invested and revealed and customized into this finite little reality? It's the most external part. But this infinite wisdom, the way Hashem thinks for Himself, with there we don't even begin to exist. It's as if we don't exist. We're not even a speck, a speck, not even, not even like a drop in the ocean in comparison to the ocean. It's as if simply we don't exist. It doesn't mean anything. Hashem, the way Hashem, His infinite wisdom, the way it is for Himself, the way Hashem is engaged in His own mind, the way He learns for Himself, thinks for Himself, so to speak, that, that remains completely hidden. That remains a mystery. That remains completely beyond us. It's all there. When you study those laws of tenant and landlord and you study those laws of the animal and agricultural law, Hashem is there. His infinite wisdom is there. But that part we don't see. That's not revealed to us. The part that is revealed to us, that we get, that we grasp, do, don't do, kosher, not kosher, guilty, not guilty, obligated, not obligated, pure, impure, that we get. We're learning the Talmud, we understand the reasons. We learn it in the Kabbalah, we understand the reasons behind the mitzvot, we understand the rationale, the logic, the underlying reasons. But whatever we understand is just a taste, a glimmer of a glimmer, it's, it's a, a glimpse, a glimmer of a ray of... It doesn't plumb the depth, it even begin to scratch the surface of what's there. But this is the part that's revealed to us today. Only when Mashiach will come will this infinite light be revealed to us through our study today of that part of the Torah that is revealed. And that's why it was Moshe, he's going to say, who was able to bring the Torah to us. Because he was able to reach that level. He was able to grasp and able to achieve through his prophecy, the prophecy of Moshe, the prophecy of Moshe because he was so great because he was so humble he was able to reach the highest level that any human being has ever reached and will ever reach 
that he's able to reach the level of emanation, which originates, the external level of emanation, which originates from the external level of Chach. And that's why he was able to reveal the Torah to us. He was able to draw down the Torah. He was able to bring the Torah down. Moshe Rabbeinu, peace to him who apprehended as high as the level of divinity, called the highmost aspect of Kafka, therefore merited that the Torah was given through him. The Torah being the Nobelot, the withered vestige of supernal Kafka. The Torah says that the, 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 the Torah that we have today is like the withered, withered vestige, a little vestige, a little remains. The, like the flower, the vestige, a little withered part of the supernal chach. That which is sloughed off from it and descends below and becomes vested in our physical Torah. For the Torah's core and ultimate object is the observance of the prohibitory and positive commandments and actual deimplication. In the spirit of the verse, to do them this day, and more specifically, in the spirit of the comment of our sages on this phrase, they are to be done today and not tomorrow, in this world and not in the world to come. Our sages likewise taught the study of Torah is greater than the observance of the commandments because it leads to their performance. Similarly, as to him who learns with the intent of not doing, it would have been better for him if his afterbirth had turned over, i.e. better had he never been born. Indeed, every individual needs to become reincarnated until he has actually observed all the 613 commandments as is known from Rabbi Isaac Luria of Blessed Memory. So the whole point of the Torah of everything, of all the learning and all the studying and all the knowledge and awareness is ultimately the revealed part, the doing, the external, the physical, the doing of the Torah. And that's the Torah that Moshe revealed to us. Moshe revealed to us a 613 mitzvah. God spoke to Moshe saying, giving him the 613 mitzvah. That's the ultimate revelation of the Torah. That's the external level of Chachmah coming down and vesting itself into the physical. Like taking the mind and using it for the practical. So taking the loftiest levels, the highest level of Chachmah, which is infinite, and the external level of Chachmah, which could come down and be vested in teaching us and showing us and guiding us how to live. Practical. How to do. What to do, what not to do. What's right and wrong. True and false. Good and evil. Moral and immoral. So this is the ultimate point of the Torah. It's the revelation. It's the action. It's the external part. And that's what Moshe revealed. He gave us the mitzvah, the Torah of Moshe, 630 mitzvah. And he gave us the writings and the letters, the Torah, the written Torah, which we'll discuss next week. We'll finish the, the thing next week. So this is the revealed part of the Torah. This is the re- part of the Torah that deals with action, that deals with, with uh, the letters, that's revealed. And, um, and this came through Moshe Rabbeinu because he was on the level of Chachma and he reached, with his prophecy, he reached the external level of Chachma. That's how he was able to reveal to us the mitzvot and the, um, and the Torah, the written Torah. But it was through him he was just a messenger, an emissary. It's the Torah of Hashem. Hashem invested himself in the Torah. Torah is more than just prophecy. But the Torah was dictated to Moshe. Ultimately, the Torah is Hashem. And in these words that Hashem communicated to Moshe, 
Hashem invested Himself, the inner part of Chachma, the inner part of wisdom. So this is the light that's in the, in the garment. The garment is the revealed part of the Torah. And Moshe is a prophet revealed. The prophecy is a revelation. The prophecy of Moshe. The prophecy of he was able to give us the Torah. That's the revealed part of the Torah. But within the Torah is also contained the Chachma itself, which the internal aspect of Chachma is unified with Hashem himself, just like Hashem is infinite, His wisdom is infinite, and it contains all of that infinite wisdom. And it's beyond our comprehension. And that's why the wisdom is greater than prophecy. Because prophecy ultimately could only reach the external part. But the wisdom contains even that that's beyond revelation. And that's why the Arizal and Rashbi, Hashim and Arizal were able to talk about levels that are way beyond, even beyond Chachma, even beyond wisdom, not only beyond the wisdom of the world of emanation wisdom of the world of Keter even beyond the world of Keter itself Adam Kadma and primordial man and even beyond the Tzimtzum and even beyond the Tzimtzum the infinite light before the Tzimtzum because all of that is contained within the Torah in other words the Torah is not just about this world and even the highest level, the deepest level, the atomic level, or the, the metaphysical level, or the Kabbalistic level, or the world of emanation, it's still about the structure of this world, the ultimate structure of the world, the ultimate, what makes this world tick and what's really going on, what this, what's really, what this world is really all about. And that's the startling revelation of prophecy. That, that's, you can study for a thousand years, you'll never reach it. It's, it's, it's a revelation that Hashem gives us. It just opens your eyes and you see you see suddenly the whole, whole universe. When the scientist discovers the atom for the first time, it was like a startling, startling revelation. A whole universe opened up before that. It wasn't visible to the naked eye. No microscope can, 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 uh, no, no microscope can catch it, can see it. It's extrasensory. It's a whole language, a whole universe, a whole reality, a whole deeper reality that's way beyond anything that science knew before. So this is the ultimate science, the ultimate metaphysics, the ultimate rules of the universe. And the ultimate rules of the universe dictate the 613 mitzvot. But that's all the structure of the universe, the frame of the universe, the four worlds, the world of action and then... Parallel to that, you have a deeper level, the world of formation, the spiritual levels, the world of divine, which is the level of divine inspiration, and then the world of the angels, and then you have the world of formation, you go even on that deeper level, and then you have the metaphysical level, the the Kabbalistic level, the level of the world of emanation, the divine level. But that's all the structure of the universe. Then there are levels that are way beyond Arizal talked about levels that are way beyond the four worlds, the world of Keter, God's subconscious, so to speak. And then Adam Kadma, primordial man, whole is greater than the sum total of its parts, it's way beyond that. And then you had the Timsum, and then beyond the Timsum, the infinite light. 
levels that are completely beyond this universe, this whole world, within Hashem Himself. Because that's the Torah, the way Hashem learns for Himself, what engages, how the Torah engages Hashem. It's not Torah in relation to the world, revealing to us the metaphysical structure of the world and the ultimate reality of the world. Even the most startling revelation of prophecy is still limited to this world. That's what he's saying. It's external, it's superficial. It's, it's, it's limited to the world of action. It's taking your brain and using it to, to figure something out, not to manufacture something. That's what the brain is about. Does that tap into the brain? Does that exhaust what the brain is there for? That's the most external, superficial part, taking the highest level and lowering it and enclosing it into the most external, superficial, which is action. The brain is so much more. Brain is a world for itself. Nothing to do with action. Thinking, loftiest thoughts, figuring out the most naughtiest problems. So the Torah, the way the Torah is, the way Hashem learns for Himself, the way, the, not in relationship to the world. The world here doesn't exist. So Hashem is thinking for Himself. That's the inner part of the Torah. That's the mystery. That's the say. That's the see. That's the real ultimate secret. That's the ultimate divinity of the Torah, sacredness of the Torah. That Torah is greater, the wise man, Chacham, is greater than prophecy. Wisdom is greater than prophecy. With wisdom you can know and explore and be aware of things that are so beyond our whole known universe. You can go beyond this whole known universe. You're not straightjacketed, you're not limited. It's the way Hashem is studying Torah for Himself, in relationship to Himself, not in relationship to anything outside of Himself. Through Hasidus, we get a taste of it. We get to study Torah the way Hashem studies Torah. The inner core, the inner essence of Torah. Through studying Tanya, we're able to study Torah the way Hashem studies Torah for Himself. The way we're going to study Torah when Mashiach will come. We're going to understand Torah. And Torah will be revealed to us. The essence of Torah will, will be revealed to us. Tzemach makes the following comment on the above epitome. Although the author Rebbe opens this letter with the verse, he wraps himself with light as with a garment. He does not explain it here. However, it can be understood from his introduction of the Atharayim of Chachma, also known as the Noblot of the Supernal Chachma, which is Torah, is the garment, i.e. the revealed aspect of Torah, while the Nimiut of Abba, the inward aspect of Chachma, is the esoteric depths of Torah. The latter aspect of Torah will be revealed mainly by Mashiach, as Rashi notes in his comment on the verse, He kisses me with the kisses of his mouth. Even now, however, a foretaste of the innermost dimension of the Torah may be saved in the teachings of Chassidah. The present revelation of its insight serves as a preparation for the coming of Mashiach. In the spirit of the Friday afternoon custom of sampling delicacies prepared for Shabbos, since the time of Mashiach is known as a day that is entirely Shabbat, the Semaxedah concludes, this is the light that is vested within the garment. It was created on the first day and later hidden in the Torah, ultimately to be revealed to the righteous. So by us doing the mitzvah today, and what's the ultimate purpose, how are we supposed to do the mitzvah, that the Semaxedah writes elsewhere? And right in the beginning of Derek Mitzvah Secha, we have to do the mitzvah ultimately, because this is what Hashem wants. Not for all the reasons that we know and all the explanations, knowing that that's just a little glimmer, a little taste. That's not what it's about. Ultimately, the mitzvah has 
a divine intent that's beyond our comprehension. And I'm doing it for Hashem's sake. Not I'm doing it to perfect myself or to perfect the world or, you know, understanding that this is consistent with the metaphysical reality of the world and, and this is how you want the clock to tick. You have to, everything has to be in the proper place and that's by doing Torah and doing mitzvot, everything will fall into place. That's correct. But that's just the surface. That's not what it's about. Ultimately, what it's about, you have to be, keep your eye on the ball. You have to be focused on the internal purpose. Pnimius, I tell you, the internal purpose. The internal purpose of Torah is Torah for its own sake. Hashem, for Hashem's sake. I'm doing the mitzvah the way Hashem understands mitzvah. <laughs> not for my sake, the way my human, finite, limited understanding that's been revealed to me, which is also the most external and superficial part of the Neuvus It's called Hevel, the external, superficial part, as you just learned today in great length. But the way Hashem understands it for, for Himself, what Torah means, what mitzvot means. I should do it, I should be connected to, to the Torah and mitzvot, the way Hashem sees Torah and mitzvot. The way Hashem understands Torah and mitzvot. I should be plugged into Hashem's point of view. Not to my limited, finer point of view. It could be metaphysical, it could be Kabbalistic, but it's, it's all external, it's all superficial. Even the prophecy of Moshe says it was external and superficial. In comparison to the essence of wisdom, which is infinite and unified with Hashem, and just like Hashem is infinite, His wisdom is infinite. And it's so obvious, he says, even if you learn the Torah, how, how much we don't understand this, that we have, we're not even scratching the surface. There's so many mysteries, so much beyond our comprehension. We understand and feel when you read the Torah, the written books, the five books of Moshe, you sense you're dealing with something divine or something godly and something that ultimately is incomprehensible no matter how brilliant you are how much we do know and how much we do understand. So you have to approach it with sanctity, with a sacredness, with being devoted and connected to the point, the inner point. Never lose sight of the inner point. It's about Hashem. It's Hashem's point of view, the innermost point of view, the truest point of view, from the inside out. There has to be a divine purpose, a godly purpose. Why am I doing the mitzvah? Not because of my brilliance, my understanding and the benefits and the insights and the metaphysical insights and these rules and laws of the universe. And the whole universe doesn't exist, Hashem. So what, what, what does it mean? It doesn't add up to anything. It adds up to the hill of beans. What's significant and important is the way Hashem views Torah. It's how he had a glimpse of it. And Hashem and Bayechoi, who was a spark of the soul of Moshe, was also rooted in how he revealed to us, started revealing to us the, the inside of the Torah, the inner parts of the Torah, the Zohar, the Holy Zohar, where the light was hidden, the infinite light that was present in the beginning of creation was hidden. And then the Arizal. And they talked about levels that are so lofty, that are so beyond the whole universe. That because we're getting a little taste, especially in Hasidus, we're getting a little taste of Torah, the way Hashem learns Torah. The way Hashem is engaged in the Torah. And we have the merit by studying the Tanya. Truth is, it should be lines out the door. Studying the Tanya. Thank God for the lessons in Tanya that comes. 
reaches tens of thousands of people all over the world. People today have the opportunity to study the Tanya, to get a taste of Hasidus, get a taste of the inner core and essence of the Torah, the divine, the deepest, innermost part of the Torah. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.